Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get to a really great podcast with Jeff Lee at Origin, it's a really exciting story. It's a COVID good news part of that series. Uh, I think you'll really love it. Quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling does amazing payroll, fantastic benefits, and exceptional IT infrastructure provisioning. They help you uh, take care of all the day-to-day with your payroll week-to-week. They make sure your company gets benefits. They make sure you get the best benefits. They also let you work with independent brokers, which is really nice. And then their IT provisioning stuff is really cool. It allows you to spin up a new employee really fast. Plugs into all their web services automatically. It takes us like, we, we've just switched, but it take, used to take us three hours <laughs> to do this for every person. So Rippling saves you a ton of time. It's an awesome service. Check out Rippling. Also shout out to the Cruise Financial Modeling Team. They're kicking butt. COVID stuff has, uh, has had a lot of our companies coming back and doing budget actuals and revised financial models. So the Cruise Financial Modeling Team is kicking butt. Great job, folks. And now on the Jeff Lee at Origin. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Orn. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott and Orn. And we have a really awesome guest, Jeff Lee from Origin. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Maybe you start off by just telling the story of Origin through your eyes, because you've been involved at different points in different ways. Yeah, um, I mean, just by background, I'm sort of I'm sort of half operator, half investor. So half my career sort of been an engineer, Stanford trained, but then uh, the other half of my career has also been on the investing side. So for four years, I was at a firm called Mission Ventures, where I opened their LA offices, and then before joining Origin, I was a partner over at DCM Ventures. There's a about four four and a half billion dollar firm. Uh, Sand Hill, Beijing, Shanghai, and Tokyo. So um, I looked at a bunch of uh, emerging tech, so frontier tech, as some people like to say. Um, looked at a lot of 3D printing. So you know, back in the day, looked at Carbon and Form Labs and all those guys. And then I actually got connected to Origin. And what got me really excited about them was they're actually doing things differently in a way that really, in my view, allowed them to go after this mass manufacturing opportunity that everyone's been talking about. But frankly, no one's actually changed anything outside of just raising a bunch of money. And the whole thesis behind Origin, which I really love, um, is that the fundamental problem with 3D printing or the you know 3D printing and mass manufacturing is that... Generally, the materials suck, as in they're not good enough. They don't have, they don't, they don't survive hot enough temperatures. They're not flexible enough, blah, blah, blah. And they cost too much. And for what a lot of the 3D printing industry is, that's okay because a lot of it's prototyping. Again, it just needs to look good and no one cares how much it costs because there's only a single unit or couple that you're producing. But when you're trying to make millions of something, first of all, obviously it needs to work. And then secondarily, it needs to be really cheap. And so what Origin's done is, which I love, is instead of trying to vertically integrate and use this kind of razor razor blade model, where I force you to buy my materials uh, and I try to be a material company, Origin's strategy basically is let's be a platform, right? In the classic sort of Silicon Valley way, you know, let's be the PC where all the applications or software sort of works on our PC or modern form, like your, your iPhone or your Android device, right? We want to be that platform and then have all these quote apps, you know, which are materials that work on our platform. Yep. And so origin partners with the largest material companies on the planet 
which frankly were not involved in 3D printing, but is now a major initiative for them, um, like ESF, DSM, Hinkle, and a number of others. And we leverage their massive ability to develop cutting edge materials. Mm. They've got giant libraries of intellectual property. So we can leverage stuff they've done for automotive or furniture or other areas to get really cheap chemistries or high performance chemistries. Um, and then they also just have massive billion dollar factories, which is what you need to drive prices down to materials. Yep. So that's amazing. Yeah. So we get all the benefits of the classic hardware and software innovation of being a platform. We can be very capital efficient because of that. And then we let the big chemical companies do what they've done for 150 years, which is figure out how to make cutting edge chemicals that are really cheap. And, and you, work at origin but you also you know you you wrote the first check to origin right yeah so um the story is uh while i was looking at all of these uh companies in the 3d printing space i was like this makes no sense they're not doing anything different but it's hot because at that point MakerBot had been bought for like 500 million so i remember that yeah yeah and then i got connected to origin and i was like oh this is really interesting so i sourced the deal at origin at DCM, basically what led the deal at Origin with my partner, Jason, and uh, my partner, Jason, went on the board and I worked with the company for about 12 months. And, you know, for those that have experience on the investment side, you know, it's very rare when you have a thesis for a company and you invest, you know, usually your first board meeting is, you know, your oh crap board meeting where you're like, uh, what I thought was I use it all the time. Just so you know, I tell people that all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, that didn't it's happen. all the stuff that you didn't know in due exactly. diligence. Basically, they you tell you the it. truth. You got yeah. it. So it's rare yeah. when it actually goes the way you think, or even better. And so that's what happened. You know, it was no surprises at the first board meeting, and the risk that we articulated, which was really, you know, can this platform be replaced? The short answer of it is. Not really, and it's just gotten more and more strong that there's, you know, the platform defensibility of what we're doing really is hard to copy, both from a business reason, because in the end of the day, these companies commit to partners, and it doesn't make sense for them to work with like 50 million 3D printing companies because you're going to grow more fast. You want to focus on the ones that work. Yeah. Um, and then also, it's the the tools and the platform that we've built. The integration between chemistry and platform have just gotten stronger because, again, back to the thesis that you need cutting edge materials and really low prices. It means you're pushing the boundaries of the materials, yep. which ultimately you're actually pushing the boundary of the materials with the printer together to print consistently. And so because it becomes harder on both sides, they become increasingly integrated, yep. which fundamentally means that it's harder to just have. Like we're not playing with with commodity materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, many things just only print on our platform. That's that's really interesting. And so it's a it's a symbiotic relationship between you and the chemical companies because they're they're getting locked in with you and you're getting locked in with them and you guys become long term partners basically. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. Exactly. You got it. And so so after you led the investment, you just couldn't resist and you joined the company and now you're working there for what a year or how long have you been there? Yeah, I've been there either a year or right around it. You know, I've just been working with these guys and you know, there's a I guess an operational itch in me which, you know, itching ready to be scratched and you know one thing led to another and then i became coo and 
you know, still here. (laughs) I have a lot of respect. Like, I think this is the way to live life. So, you know, everyone's different. People love, some people are deal people. Some people like to build stuff. So, yeah. Um, But the the main reason I want to have you on was you guys are doing some amazing stuff with kind of helping the world in uh, the COVID world, right? And helping us overcome COVID. Yeah. And so you started telling me it before we turned the mics on, but like maybe explain how you've attacked the problems that, the healthcare industry is facing during COVID? Honestly, it's pretty crazy. Um, I do want to highlight one thing before I get into the story, which is like, yeah. so we've raised $15 million and the folks that are sort of in this sort of universe of 3D printing companies that I'll talk about, I mean, they're like Carbon that's raised $700 million and is a, you know, is a unicorn. Form Labs has raised hundreds of millions, also a unicorn. HP is a giant public company. Envision Tech literally invented the technology in the space. But it's because of this strategy that we have around working with world-class material partners and the quality of the people on the team that we've been able to basically play with giants. I do know that I do know how that industry has raises tons of capital. And even MakerBot raised a lot of money before it sold for $500 million, you know. So, that, yeah, you're totally right. It's a yeah. super capital-intensive industry. So your guys' approach is like That's asset light. It it's is pretty, asset really light. smart. It is fundamentally yeah. asset light. Yeah, yeah, so the story is this. So probably, I don't know if it was a month ago or so, but, you know, when COVID hit and uh, we basically were sheltered in place and we couldn't go into the office, you know, for about a week, we're like, oh, crap, what do we do? And then we were like, well, there's a bunch of folks trying to print things like PPE, you know, personal protective equipment, respirators, face shields, you know, masks, masks, whatever. And we're like, okay, well, let's do that. Um, At least we can get, you know, a couple people in the office, obviously trying to do it in a very safe fashion. And if nothing else, then we can do what we can to try to help this pandemic. Yeah. A number of those projects we've actually set aside. So... Um, or frankly, given away. So the face shield, you know, one of the big 3D printing companies, I think we're going to partner with and basically just give them the design and they're going to, you know, use that for the industry. Um, the respirator thing, I think we put it uh, open source on GitHub. So, you know, folks can go and, and do that if they want. But the swabs thing is really interesting, both because of the fit for what we're doing, as well as sort of the need in the, um, you know, for this whole pandemic. So the story is basically goes like this, right? So generally speaking, when you have a pandemic, um, and again, mind you, I'm not a health scientist or whatever, but you play one on TV. You know, I can prognosticate because I used to be a VC, and you know that's yeah, 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 yeah. So, but anyway, if you read generally the the news, there's really two ways of dealing with a with a massive pandemic. Either you massively vaccinate people and basically protect everyone so eventually the virus dies out or you massively test and isolate the people that are sick which is you know somewhat similar you basically find the critical ones that are ill and you make sure they don't infect other people yeah right? the vaccine if we have one is probably at the very very earliest nine months out probably more like a year year and a half and then they have to scale production so you know god knows how long that really is out and then the concept of massively testing actually it actually hasn't happened and the reason it hasn't happened is um because of limitations in the ability to massively test mainly due to a lack of supply of swabs which blew my mind i've been reading about that yeah like cuz you think of them as like an innocuous little thing that is everywhere right With- 
Yes. I actually did my MBA internship with Becton Dickinson. So I'm used oh, yeah. to like a lot of that medical equipment yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And there was a huge factory in Nebraska that made all the needles, but like, yeah. so you wouldn't think the swabs would be hard to get, but it turns out they are. You got it. So actually yeah. it's interesting. There's a great uh, NBC Bay area kind of like two minute clip that they featured origin on last night. So, you know, that, that might be a good run Check it out. to, you know, for folks to kind of understand that story also in more depth. But the short thing is this particular virus, this is again, back to my whole VC break it all down thing, right? So, so what are your alternatives, you know, if you're going to uh, test, right? There's two sets of tests that are really popular. There's either kind of a swab test plus PCR, which is kind of the gold standard. And then there's an antibody test, which is basically draw blood and see if you antibody, right? Yep. The problem with the antibody test is that um, it only tells you if you've been sick and or if you're like mostly over being sick. It doesn't really catch you in the beginning when you haven't generated the antibodies and you're actually yeah. highly infectious. So which, yeah, because your body generates the antibodies to fight the virus. That's right. the whole point. Correct. And PCR is like looking at like kind of what, yeah, anyways, it's you know better. Patient technology, right? So basically, yes, yes, yes. yeah. So what you do when you swab is you basically try to get some of the viral material, and the PCR is a fancy name for a device that amplifies that virus so that you can see enough of it to determine if you actually have that disease or. And then the gold standard for doing this PCR test is what they call a nasopharyngeal swab. It's kind of crazy, basically. It's a swab that goes into your nose all the way to the, your back of your throat. And my sister wow. actually did this like a few days ago because she's been sick for a few weeks. And they like twirled around 10 times in the back of your you know throat, like your almost down your esophagus kind of thing. Because that's basically where most of the viral load is. Yeah, and they yeah. Pull it yeah. out and they break it off and they either send it to a lab or they have a desktop tester or something like that. Yeah. So it's a very specialized swab. It needs to be flexible enough to go into your nose and not so brittle that it breaks off in your nose, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there's only, as to my understanding, two companies in the world that make this swab. It's a company called Copan out of Italy, which is probably the largest producer. And then like a 500-person company out of Maine called Puritan Medical Products or something like that. You know, their production is probably in the low millions is my guess. Yeah, week. yeah. And so if you think about the amount of testing they have to do, you know, it could be in the – it's probably in the hundreds of millions, if not billions worldwide. I, ideally, we get tested every couple of days, right? Kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, 300 million in the United States. Absolutely. So, like, we were actually talking to a corporate customer potentially, and they, you know, it's a, they're a business that has a lot of labor where they contact a lot of things. Like, they're talking about testing twice per week, right? And yeah. if yeah. you think about the population of the United States twice per week, that's like 600 million a week. And mind yeah. you, not maybe some people don't get tested or whatever, but you're talking tens of millions, hundreds of millions a week just for the U.S. Yeah. And so it's a massive demand. So the punchline is in about 10 days, Origin learned about this need, developed a product to FDA specifications, and got it to the point that we got clinical validation from Harvard BIDMC. That's Beth Israel Deaconess Medical yeah. Center, basically yeah. Harvard's medical center um, that was running a clinical trial. 
and validated that our solution worked. And frankly, you know, we had much less time to do this than anybody else. And we passed the very first pass. Wow. And then, Incredible. and that put us through the basically that was phase one and phase two. And then we went, we were one of only three solutions, I think that were selected or maybe it's four for their phase three, which was a full blown clinical trial, which we completed in a week. Um, and then we passed the clinical trial. We actually are the best performing of all the solutions wow. of the clinical trial, which, you know, was done by Harvard, which, you know, is one of the top clinical institutions yeah. in the country. And, uh, you know, we are now uh, scaling up production of a uh, FDA class one exempt nasal pharynx 3D printed, which has never existed to date, 3D printed swab. Um, for the detection, uh, mass testing of COVID nineteen. Incredible, incredible, and that was like what ten days to product and into into Harvard, and then you yeah. guys like was it th- two weeks, one three week weeks for clinical trial, and then basically we've been scaling up manufacturing, and you know we're getting. Uh, I think we're probably at probably like a quarter million pieces per week run rate in scaling. You know we're right. That's you know, it's how fast do you think you can get it to like a million plus three million or whatever? Like what what we need? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, honestly, that's the problem because I don't think the three D printing, um, at least the way it is today, the three D printing community isn't big enough to produce enough swabs for to test the whole market. In fact, I think we're still probably 10x below what the real market wants, even if we ramp up altogether. So, so you would go after like you would you would help the corporate corporations that want to get people back to work and things like that, like selectively go after them kind of thing. You know, we want to help people in the end of the day yeah. and we want to save lives. And so a lot of our sort of initial focus has been hospitals. So you know, the places, the first responders where you're really getting a lot of the pain. The corporate thing is just, that's, a, I think, a, it's a second part of that ecosystem, which is important um, also. But I sort of mentioned that because it's just, you know, you think about one company potentially consuming like one, a million, million and a half swabs a week um, yeah. in production. And that's just one company. Yeah. But it is, it, it is important. Like people focus on the healthcare professionals, rightly so, you know, but there's a lot of people who are like out of work right now. Like the unemployment's like 25 million people in the United yeah. States. Like, yeah. So, so enabling some of this stuff to let people just get back to like earning a living and getting the economy moving again is, is really is super important too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's many facets to this issue and, you know, I'm not going to necessarily try to prognosticate on prioritization, but like, yeah, obviously the people in the hospital that are, you know, either sick or dying or, you know, somewhere in between, um, or might be sick. And then there are the people, and then there's the economic hit to the environment, which is okay. There's people that aren't going to work and then they're not making money and they can't afford their mortgage or they can't put food on the table. So, you know, making sure that they're safe so they can go back to work and get back to their lives. Like that's also really important. I mean, and there's also, that's just domestically too. Cause yeah. like, you know, there's people dying all around the world too. Right. Like, I mean, yes, you know, we're an American company and obviously we want to support America, you know, but we're also part of the same planet. So, yeah, you know, it's not like this virus was just contained to one country, you know, no, for sure. So my, my best friend in, or my roommate in college works for the CDC and he's in Africa right now. Yeah. Helping, you know, like they're, they're understaffed 
by definition, you know, so yeah, well, that's, that's incredible yeah. what you guys have done. How do, yeah. how do like, how do we follow along with this? How do we help you? How do we promote it? Like what should people who are listening to the podcast do to help? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing we're trying to do is just putting these out there. We're selling these things. We're hoping to work down the cost curve so that we can have, you know, better flexibility with pricing and stuff like that. So, you know, if there are folks that, you know, hospitals or other people sort of on the front line that, you know, have a shortage or it might even be the Fed, you know, we're in conversations with the federal government and other things. But, you know, if there are folks that have a need and we can be helpful, you know, we would love to talk to those folks and see if we can be helpful. That's probably the, awesome. the most obvious one. So, yeah. Well, what you guys are doing is really amazing and kudos to you for taking the leap, you know, a year ago and, uh, and life has a strange way of working out, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's funny, you know, when I got into this in the first place, you know, you're sort of like, okay, it's a series A company. It's like, there's still going to be bumps and going in wonky directions, but, you know, never in my right mind did I ever imagine that we were going to, you know, in 10 days shift from a 3D printing company to a medical device supplier, you know, and directly attack selfishly. I think what is probably one of the most critical parts of this entire pandemic, which yeah. is how do we test and make sure people, you know, don't get everyone else sick. And yeah, I know. It's so important. It's And that, I'm an asthma person. So I'm oh, me too. incredibly grateful to you because I'm like yeah. a super at risk person, you Same know, here. so Same here. So thank you. Everyone how to, how to find origin, like we're on the web and, and we'll send some good vibes to you. And hopefully someone who's listening to this can help out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, origin.io is our website. My email is jeff at origin.io. So, you know, if you folks can either, you know, reach out through the website or can sort of ping me directly and, you know, hopefully I can help direct folks. And, you know, we're, we're really focused right now on scaling production. You know, we think we can get to at least a million units a week, you know, with potentially other intervention. That's kind of based on the existing systems that we have and we have line of sight to. The federal government is doing a number of crazy things with like the Defense Production Act and a bunch of other things that if they massively shape the, the supply chain, you know, we're only really limited by the number of printers that we have. And so if we can get, you know, the ability to produce more really, really fast. And if this continues for a while, then we can we can just continue to scale this thing. So that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you on behalf of the cruise consulting community and just asthmatics and other people like me and, and others throughout the world. It's really incredible what you guys are doing. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to at least show, share the story and, you know, hopefully we can do our part in uh, reducing this pandemic as much as we can. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise. Friends with your host, Scotty. Oh. Scotty.